0: Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now,
2: making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid
0: Koshal.
1: He grew up just 30 miles from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, went to Harrison High School in Kennesaw, Georgia, and he's a young player who's still trying to find his identity as an NFL quarterback and as a professional at the most important position in sports that'll take the franchise to another level it hasn't worked out in Chicago for Justin Fields but this offseason he's been the subject of trade rumors being linked to teams in both the NFC and the AFC but more specifically the one team that keeps coming up for Justin is his hometown team the Atlanta Falcons the team that he grew up watching in the city that he lived just 30 miles away from What's up, everyone? Welcome into the Picks for Pulse podcast brought to you by the Bay Report and Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Hussade and Today, we're going to continue our off-season series where we talk to beat writers and reporters who cover other NFL franchises, specifically those that are picking inside the top 10 and potentially the top 15. Because whatever happens in the top 10 and potentially the top 15 is no doubt going to have an impact for Chicago, who picks at first and ninth overall. Let's get some things out of the way. There's no knowing what the Bears are going to do with Justin Fields. By the time this episode drops, it's going to be day two of the NFL scouting combine, Tuesday, February 27, 2024. There's going to be plenty of rumors floating around, and there's a chance that there's very little clarity on the future of Justin Fields. The Falcons, who pick at eighth overall, are in this incredibly interesting spot. The last three NFL drafts Atlanta has spent on offense, they've been picking inside the top 10. In 2021, they added tight end Kyle Pitts. In 2022, they added wide receiver Drake London. And in 2023, they drafted Bijan John Robinson. Three top 10 picks on offense, a pretty solid defense, combine that with a retread head coach a defensive minded head coach in Raheem Morris that everybody quite frankly across the league seems to be really high on and all of a sudden there's a chance that if Atlanta gets this right it's not hard to think that they could be in contention for the NFC South next season Oh, and let's not forget, former Bears general manager Ryan Pace, the man who, yes, pulled the trigger on Fields just four short years ago, is now in Atlanta, working as the right-hand man for general manager Terry Fontenot. All of a sudden, hot Atlanta becomes this incredibly hot destination for Justin Fields. For this episode, I was joined by Fox Sports Atlanta's very own Miles Garrett, not the pass rusher, but the sports anchor who provided some excellent insight as to what Atlanta could do at the quarterback position. We discussed how Atlanta is a potential fit for Justin Fields, the return of Raheem Morris, who had a really long stint there for about seven to eight seasons, and more. What could the Falcons do at quarterback? How about the young core that they've established? What could a potential trade for Justin Fields seem like? And from a Falcons perspective, it feels really a fit in Atlanta. Before we get into the interview, we did want to apologize, guys, for some background noise. It takes a ton of time and effort for those of us in the sports world to find days and times that work for us. And Miles just so happened to stop his workout at the gym and went outside to make this happen. Enjoy the conversation with Miles, because trust me when I say this. You are really going to love a lot of what he has to say. Joining us now is Miles Garrett, a sports reporter on Fox Atlanta 5. Just so you know, he's got all the info related to everything about A-Town. You can check him out on Twitter at Miles Garrett TV. And as he has put in his bio, he's probably not the Miles Garrett you're looking for. But according to some stuff that he's dropped, he often gets mistaken for being that Miles Garrett. How's it going? Thanks so much for being on here today.
2: Doing good, man. How are you?
1: I am doing well. All right, let's just kind of get right into this thing, because ultimately, I think if we look at this thing, I mean, it is a really intriguing offseason. You've got Atlanta. They have the eighth overall pick. The Bears are picking at ninth overall. I mean, you and I, I'm sure, are getting tired of a lot of the quarterback talk that's taking place between both fan bases. I mean, it's intriguing in a sense, but it's kind of like we just want this thing to be over with because, quite frankly, as reporters, we too are so tired of the anticipation. But let's get right into it with Raheem Morris. I mean, he's back in town. He spent about six to seven years in Atlanta. What's the vibe around Raheem returning to Atlanta and getting a second shot at being the head coach for a team?
2: Yeah, admittedly, at first, it was kind of startling, I think, for a lot of uh, Falcons fans and and maybe even reporters alike just because of the chatter this offseason around, you know, the Falcons are big game hunting. They're deep in talks with Bill Belichick, with Jim Harbaugh, you know, all these big name guys. And then you end up with a guy who was in your building just, you know, four years ago. So uh, because of those, I I think that it was maybe slightly, I also apologize, there's a motorcycle right next to me here, but uh, no, because of that, I think it was a little bit. Surprising, But uh, it's been universally loved, I think, by a lot of players and uh, uh, fellow head coaches alike in regards to Raheem Morris because of his likability with players, his ability to connect to them, um, and also his familiarity with Atlanta. He talked about how it's his third time now being hired by Rich McKay, who uh, was the president of uh, the Falcons formerly. Um, So he has a connection there with the, the Buccaneers and the Falcons, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, it's funny. I talked to Mohamed Sanu just a day before Raheem was hired and asking him, hey, you know, who do you want uh, to be the Falcons head coach? And without hesitation, uh, he said Raheem Morris just because of, you know, his what he's done in Atlanta as a positions coach. And I think really he, he received a lot of his growth um, up there in L.A. with Sean McVay kind of learning under him. And if you really look at that coaching tree that was in Washington back in 2013, he was a part of that group. You know, with Sean McVeigh, with Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, uh, Bobby Slowick, you know, all those big-time names who have now become basically the hottest coaching candidates or head coaches basically out there right now. He was a part of that group, so I think there is something to that, and uh, the players definitely are, are big fans of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's intriguing, and oftentimes we kind of hear the trend where defensive-minded head coaches love to have veteran quarterbacks, so that's something that, you know... Atlanta is certainly going to have to explore because, yes, they have Desmond Ritter, again, a guy who coming out of the draft a couple of years ago, you know, a lot of people were looking at him and being a low risk, high reward type player. But now, you know, there is some uncertainty. I mean, based on the comments that the Falcons have kind of made, right, you've got Raheem, who, again, being a veteran Defensive head coach, and you also have Terry Fontenot, who was on one of the radio shows a few weeks ago. He had a couple nice things to say. I mean, what direction do you think the organization goes in here regarding the quarterback position?
2: Yeah, I I think it's definitely not going to be uh, Desmond Ritter. Now, I do think Des will stay on the team. He is still on a rookie deal. There really isn't risk uh, to to keep him on the team. Uh, Now, starter, I think is a different story. Uh, Based on what I'm hearing, uh, Steve Weiss, who's very plugged in to the Falcons beat uh, said today and he said it before um, it's kind of the vibe we've been getting Benjamin Albright another reporter who uh, who has mentioned it but I do think the Falcons address it in the draft and if not trade up um, I think that's kind of the only situation here where you get a quarterback who I would suppose most analysts would argue you know is worth taking that high because you know I think you're seeing some conversations surrounding J.J. McCarthy perhaps being a top 10 pick some uh, draft experts have kind of predicted him to to rise up to that category but uh, I don't think he's really moving the needle at least for a lot of fans um, I think that'll I don't think that'll really make them too excited if JJ McCarthy is in fact the guy so um, there's still a lot of time to figure this out you know guys will rise guys will fall based on what happens at the uh, the combine this week and obviously yeah pro days and all this other stuff so uh, and of course trades as well you know Justin fields could get dealt uh, as you very well know. Um, Kirk Cousins may sign somewhere. There's a lot of moving parts here that kind of still need to sort themselves out. But uh...
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: Um, I do think the Falcons address that position in the draft, and I do think it'll be a trade up.
1: I mean, it's interesting because I've done probably five or six of these shows now where I've talked to people that cover other teams, and, you know, quite frankly, the vibe that I get is that there's, you know, some of these guys in the some of these teams in the top 10 that could potentially trade up for quarterbacks. You've got like, I've heard the giants, you know, I had a Patriots guy on yesterday who was like, maybe they go ahead and trade back. So it's so fluid at this point, but speaking of Justin Fields, I mean, I don't think, you know, you being a Falcons guy, need any introduction to his background kind of went to high school in the suburban atlanta area really went ahead and committed to the university of georgia out of high school i think he said after his you know middle of senior year of high school he was like him signing on with georgia bite do you think you know justin would be welcomed in atlanta and if so uh what's a potential trade package looking like because it's something where I look at and say, you know, the eighth overall pick is really rich. We've seen guys at ESPN say, hey, that's a possibility. But I also think that if you're Atlanta, you're looking at a guy who's been up and down. Yeah, he's a hometown kid, but you're probably willing to, you know, fork over your second and third for him. I would even say like a second and a fourth.
2: Yeah, no, I, I t- the first part of your question, I think Justin Fields would definitely be welcome here in Atlanta. The, the fan base certainly would be ecstatic to have him. Uh, you know, As someone who's pretty plugged into uh, the fan base here in Atlanta, they are very big fans of having that option of Justin Fields perhaps coming to Atlanta. Now, as far as compensation is concerned, if the Bears get a first-round pick for Justin Fields, it's highway robbery because I don't see any scenario where they get a first-round pick for Justin Fields or even a second-round pick for that matter. I think a third-round pick is the highest for him some team probably will give a second Uh, I don't think he'll be worth a second just because of what we've seen thus far now he does have high upside I'll I'll give him that Um, but at the moment I don't again this is all based on what I've heard from some experts and analysts Uh, I don't expect a first round pick for Justin Fields now I do like I said I think the Bears can you know up the price up a little bit because teams are starving for franchise quarterbacks and Justin Fields you know we don't really know what he is right now you don't know if he's been a byproduct of a poor Bears team the last few years, or whether or not maybe he actually has had some issues kind of finding consistency in that offense. Because we've seen time and time again, you know, maybe some of his issues in finding wide open receivers, kind of stepping up in the pocket and kind of being a little patient. It seems like he's kind of trigger happy at times uh, in regards to using his legs. Now, we know that he has the talent. We've seen it at Ohio State. We've seen it at times at, at, in Chicago. Um, but it's just a matter of putting it all together because you do realize at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay Justin too. You know that, that contract situation is looming for him. So that's another situation to monitor because uh, you, know, you have that in regards to maybe a potential rookie deal too. If you do decide to take a rookie quarterback, it's going to be a lot cheaper. Um, so these are all things you got to consider when talking about Justin Fields.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, realistically, from Atlanta's perspective, given how young of an offensive core that they have, you look at that core on paper and I think you don't really need, you know, any sort of introduction to it because you have, you know, three top 10 picks, a wide receiver, tight end, as well as running back, you know, it. It's interesting to me because if you are Terry Fontenot, you are Ryan Pace, who, again, the guy that drafted Justin Fields, you're going to look at this. You're Arthur Blank. You're saying, hey, you know, having an NFL quarterback, a guy that's got three years of solid starting experience under his belt, that's attractive. But also, at the end of the day, we have Drake London. We've got Kyle Pitts. We also have Bijan Robinson. We are looking at a – Young offensive coordinator in Zach Robinson, too. That we, quite frankly, want to bring in a quarterback that's going to grow with the rest of these guys. And the hard part about Fields is you would basically, within one calendar year, have to make a decision as to whether or not you are paying him. And let's just not forget, I mean, in another, like, whatever, two and a half months, you're going to have to make a decision on this fifth year option.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, do you want to say, you know, if we talk scenarios here, say, Justin doesn't kind of show you what you want to see, and suddenly you're back. Where one next is it a question of do we want to take a quarterback again? You know, are you picking as high as the eighth overall pick? You know, this is the year where you kind of have an opportunity, at least draft wise, to kind of make that move if you want it for quarterback, because another seven and ten season, the losing record. The leash is going to be very, very short for uh, Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot just because of the roster that they have. As you said, there's a lot of talent already in place. The defense took major strides last year. Jesse Bates, arguably the best safety. in The NFL right now, you've got a bunch of talent there. Grady Jarrett, the linebacking core, A.J. Terrell. And, of course, you have on offense, you know, you have all those young guys who are kind of just waiting to have that quarterback. You know, you saw what... Kyle Pitts was able to do when he had a Matt Ryan. He broke all these rookie records, Drake London breaking rookie records, Bijan Robinson doing the same thing. So the conversation will basically become, you know, do we want to have this conversation next year? You know, do you, do you want to risk taking a guy like Justin Fields to basically bet on his upside that you don't really know will come to fruition or do you want to take a chance on a rookie? So it's gonna be a question that they're gonna to have to consider that I'm sure a lot of teams are gonna to have to consider, whether it's the Falcons or, you know, maybe the Patriots, a lot of different teams who could be potentially interested in Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, it is this kind of, you know, weird situation to go ahead and monitor. But you know, everyone wants to talk about quarterback. Everyone says, hey, let's just focus on that. And you know, when a team has a opening, or I guess, you know, the team has a big need for a quarterback. It's kind of just this, hey, let's just link a quarterback to them, especially if they're picking top 10. But getting away from the quarterback position, right? Let's say they say, hey, we're going to stick with Desmond Ritter. We'll figure out a veteran to kind of come in and push him. I mean, what are some other positions of need Atlanta's targeting with the eighth overall pick? Because I think ultimately if you look at it from an outsider's perspective, I would go ahead and say, hey, they need – a tight end possible, well, I'm sorry, not a tight end, but a, you know, offensive tackle would possibly make sense or maybe even a pass rusher sure, or they decide to go ahead and say, hey, let's trade out of eighth overall. Let's trade down because there's going to be a team like Minnesota that's going to try and move up for a player like Jaden Daniels.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, well, granted, if, if Jaden Daniels is available, I don't see any situation mm-hmm. the Falcons are, are giving that to Minnesota, but that considered... I do think edge rusher will probably be their top priority, as you said. I think a guy like like Dallas Turner, um, Jared Verse, maybe those types of guys uh, could be available at pick number eight and would be um, pretty suitable for what the Falcons are looking for. They've swung and missed on a lot of uh, edge rushers. They still really need one. Their interior defensive line is pretty set. Um, it's the, the kind of edge rusher issue that's kind of plagued them, basically, since John Abraham left. You know, you had that one all-pro season out of Vic Beasley, but uh, he kind of went away after that they've missed on tack mckinley um and uh you know they basically haven't really had that true guy to come off the edge since abraham so um i imagine dallas turner could be a guy that uh would fit the bill i don't see him being taken um ahead of that point but as you said you could also look at a guy like joe alts at another name he could be another option you could use there to beef up the offensive line right now it's a pretty solid offensive line overall for the falcons Uh, You know, there might be some conversations about a guy like, you know, maybe Caleb McGarry um, or some others, but uh, for the most part, it's a pretty solid offensive line. Matthew Bergeron, the former rookie, uh, made big jumps this year, kind of established himself as a starter, as well as Drew Dahlman as a center. Uh, Obviously, you have all-pro in Chris Lindstrom and a pro bowler in Jake Matthews, but um, it's a pretty strong unit. Um, So, outside of those two, I don't really see a scenario where the draft a wide receiver given the fact that they do need a number two next to drake london um you know they're gonna have some, some contract talks whether that's with collins or some other guys you know maybe they sign a t higgins um but uh, at this point in time you know you might have to consider a wide receiver too and you know whether that I, I imagine if you do decide to go that route you would perhaps trade back
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of those teams that need a wide receiver. And quite frankly, like, this is kind of the draft where you can trade back, accumulate some extra picks. Because the meat of this draft, especially for picking in the top 10, is really, you know, the second and third round, as I've kind of said consistently on this podcast all offseason. But, you know, a couple more for you here. I mean, when you look at Atlanta and what they are you know, doing this week in Indianapolis, what are some things you're looking for the Falcons to ultimately accomplish when they spend a week in Indy? Because the combine is kind of where the foundation for a lot of what happens in March and April really gets set.
2: Yeah. I mean, I imagine this is where the, the conversations are going to be taking place with the other teams. Um, just, you know, this is just like as, as someone who went there last year and covered this event and kind of got a vibe for, kind of how this works and whatnot, I imagine this is where the Falcons are going to have a lot of their conversations with other teams uh, regarding, you know, potentially trading up because that seems to be the chatter right now with the Atlanta Falcons among other teams currently to to move up. Um, the Combine is obviously a great place to do it because all your scouts are there, all your management's there. Obviously, Terry Fontenot is going to be there with Raheem Morris. So I think it's a good spot for those conversations to take place. But outside of that, I mean, you're going to have your basic interviews, you know, your basic Combine stuff where you get acquainted two players obviously that's kind of what it's for um but uh, i think the big elephant in the room will be the fact that i think they're going to have those conversations with the teams to kind of gauge where they can trade up and how they can do it
1: yeah i mean and i would not be surprised to see some sort of dialogue take place between the bears and the falcons especially considering the level of familiarity that's there with Justin Fields, Ryan Pace, as well as just, you know, the Bears organization in general. Because if you look at the Bears this offseason, right, they've been very tight-lipped about the entire quarterback situation. You know, they're a wild card. Everyone's kind of waiting to see, okay, what happens when the Bears make the decision? What domino effect is that going to go ahead and have? But last one for you here. You know, we've touched on a lot of the playmakers before, but from your perspective, I mean, where do you think Justin would realistically fit in if the Falcons go ahead and trade for him in terms of how do you think he would come in and impact this offense? How would we basically, you know, open it up for guys like Drake Lundin and Kyle Pitts?
2: So the question, so the question is how Justin would fit in. The offense, is the
1: question. Yes. Yes.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it would, it'd be interesting because Zach Robinson, obviously his play calling, the quarterbacks that he's had in the past don't necessarily kind of match up to what, justin Field's skill set is so i do think there will be kind of an adjustment for both parties because i think zach robinson will do his best to play to justin's strengths but justin will also have to adjust to what zach robinson's system is Now justin is a guy who has had to adjust with a lot of different offensive coordinators i think it's part of the reason why he's had some struggles in the past because there hasn't been any sort of consistency with what he's been coached with um, and i do think that's very valuable for uh, especially a young player um, now, that being said, I do think he fits in pretty well just because of the playmakers they have. Justin can obviously extend plays with his legs. Um, and he does have, I mean, he, he really does have a lot of underrated arm talent and, you know, just overall skill as a passer. We've seen it at the collegiate level before. I mean, this is the guy who is basically 1A, 1B with Trevor Lawrence in high school down here in uh, in Georgia and obviously playing at Georgia and then Ohio State. So because of that, you know, I think there's a lot of, things to like with him you know I mean any quarterback I think could do pretty well in Atlanta's system that's why uh at the beginning of last year I thought Desmond Ritter would work out basically you know you you don't have to as long as you don't mess up you know it's it's a pretty good offense right now with all the guys they have you know just height wise uh body types you know Kyle Pitts and and Drake London these are all really big body guys and you have two great running backs right now. Obviously, we know what Bijan Robinson can do, but a lot of people sleep on Tyler Algier. This is a guy that uh, rushed for over a thousand yards, broke the rookie rushing record uh, just one year ago. Bijan Robinson was kind of seen as a luxury pick at the time. So um, to have those guys to kind of fall back on, I think will be great for a guy like Justin Fields, who's kind of trying to resurrect his career a little bit. Uh, he doesn't really have to be the superhero, as I think that he's had to be the last couple seasons in Chicago, he can kind of lean back on some of these playmakers. So I think he would fit pretty well. But I do think it's also important to note that, you know, how many times do you see a quarterback kind of thrive in his second stint somewhere where he wasn't thriving before? You know, you don't see it a lot. You see some guys who are successful at one team and then successful at another team, but you don't necessarily see a guy who is drafted by a team do poorly then thrive and I'm talking quarterbacks not just different players. I don't think you see that too often. So, uh he definitely doesn't have history on his side, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him thrive because he has so much talent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with everything you said right there. I mean, it's not realistic for a fourth-year quarterback to kind of go ahead and take that jump especially when you do get traded to another team and basically have to learn your for justin what's going to be his you know third system in four years regardless so wherever he is before we get out of here i mean where can people follow you on twitter keep up to date with everything you're doing with fox 5 in atlanta
2: yeah so i post just about everything on my twitter x whatever you want to call it today at miles garrett tv miles with an i um but uh yeah i do most of my stuff on there um i post a lot of my work on youtube as well you can look me up there miles garrett if you dig through all the the Miles Garrett defensive end highlights. You'll probably find me in there somewhere. But, uh, yeah, that's where I post most of my stuff. And uh, if you have any Atlanta viewers watching this, you know, turn on Channel 5. I'll usually be on for sports. So that's uh, where they can find me.
1: Absolutely. And thanks so much for being on here. We're going to have to do this again sometime soon, hopefully closer to the season. But, yeah, you're welcome on here
2: anytime. Awesome. Yeah, it was a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me.
1: That was some really good stuff there from Miles detailing what the Falcons offseason could look like. At this point, based on what he said, I mean, it would not be surprised to see Atlanta going with a rookie such as Jaden Daniels or potentially J.J. McCarthy over a guy like Justin Fields for a lot of factors that, quite frankly, as a fan base, most Bears fans are not going to even go ahead and consider so in essence Whatever happens, happens. But the Bears may just have to lower their asking price for the former Ohio State quarterback. Before we get out of here, guys, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Kosho and check out my work on the Bear Report. I've got this podcast going on. I have a lot of off-season scouting reports going on the Bear Report as well. Make sure you're subscribing to the VIP threads as well. We do post a lot of combine tidbits. there, only for VIPs. It's a pretty cheap subscription for you. Be sure to check out my... Work at Usaid Show. Be sure to follow the Picks for Pulse podcast on Twitter at Picks for Pulse. Leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are, wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to bear down. We'll see
0: you guys next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus.